Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, welcome to Evolve. This is Robin White Turtle Disney, and today my special guest is Doug Hayes. Uh, and I'm going to read a quote from Marianne Williamson. Doug Hayes doesn't just believe in miracles. He experienced firsthand one of those extraordinary events that both upset the denier and uplift the believer. His inquiry into his healing, his miracle, and himself are an inspiration to all of us as we seek miracles in our own lives. I'm so glad to have Doug with me. Uh, hi, Doug. <laughs> glad to have you hey, on the Robin, show. <laughs> it's, it's really good to be here. And, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, that quote. Uh, Marianne could not have been more gracious to give it to me. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, so tell us about this miracle on the mountain because it sounds like you went through an extraordinary experience and it opened up uh, a process of healing uh, that you're now sharing with other people. Can you tell us about what happened? Well, Yes, it truly did do all of that. Um, I have been, uh, I actually just retired last season, but I've been a ski patroller and outdoor rescuer for the last 20 years, uh, working at Snow Summit in Big Bear in Southern California. And um, I'm going to take you back to the 12th of February of 2000. Mm -hmm. It's Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, It's just starting to snow, and we've got a major snowstorm coming in. Uh, the hill is absolutely brimming with humanity. On a busy, sold-out weekend, we've got 8,500 skiers and boarders on the hill. And it was that kind of day, and we were just rocking up there at Snow Summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out on the hill around 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, skiing through a closed area, doing my hill check, uh, just looking for any problems or issues that we needed to fix. And there usually aren't any because our crews keep that mountain in fantastic shape. And uh, I'm coming back through an area which I said was closed because we've got our snowmaking equipment on. The snow guns are on, and they're blasting snow, and we keep the public out of there because of, you know, hoses are buried and hazards and obstacles, and, you know, the noise is just deafening. So uh, I'm coming back through this area, and I'm just about to make my last turn onto an open run below the last snow gun when my skis ran across a berm of snow from that snow gun and the artificial snow when it first comes out before it's groomed is really wet and sticky and heavy. I mean, just picture wet cement and my skis hit that berm and they stopped dead and I kept going. Uh, I busted out of my heel bindings and uh, pitched forward, uh, pile drive all 200 pounds of me uh, head first into the ground. Wow. Now, Uh, At that instant, it was like a bomb went off in my body. Uh, Whatever was holding body and soul together was just scattered to the four winds like confetti. Mm. And uh, I was vaguely aware of tumbling uh, through space. Uh, And when I came to rest, uh, my screen went. Now, uh, there was no chorus of angels uh, singing me home. Uh, there was no band of uh, you know no band of angels to to show me the way, and as I started to come to on the mountain, I realized that I was lying uh, face down on the snow, spread eagles, spread eagle pointed back up the hill. Uh-huh. 
looked up, looked up the hill, and the first thing I saw was my dad standing there. Now, this was a very rare sight anyway because, well, my dad was not a skier, uh-huh. and um, he had also happened to have been dead for seven years at this mm. point. Wow. Uh, and he's standing there looking just like he always looked, um, although I will admit that he looked somewhat younger and in better shape than I remember him last, uh, almost at his prime. And he's standing there, he's wearing his old yellow windbreaker and brown pants, looking like he's just come out for a walk. And somehow the words come out of my mouth. I couldn't speak, obviously. Uh, I couldn't move or feel or breathe at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, I was convinced that I was dying and that my dad had showed up on the mountain to show me the way to the other side. Right. Uh, and the words tumbled out, what do I do now? And dad said, just breathe. Mm-hmm. Now, as it turns out, that's some of the best advice my father ever gave me. <laughs> um, I glanced down and noticed that my chest was beginning to rise and fall on its own. And, you know, warm vapor, breath vapor was coming out of my mouth and nose. And let me tell you, uh, breathing beats the hell out of the alternative. Yeah, really? Um, okay. And uh, so I'm starting to come back. I'm starting to breathe on my own. And uh, again, it's not of my own volition. It was really a gift. It was something that was completely out of my control, and it just happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was the first step in my awareness that something extraordinary was beginning to take place. Yeah. Uh, I could not key my radio for help, although I had uh, one you know, strapped to my chest, but couldn't reach it, couldn't key it, because I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did begin to hear the radio traffic from Ski Patrol about one of their own who was down on the mountain. Yeah. Within a few minutes, uh, the first two patrollers arrived, Josh and Scott, two paramedics, great guys, best of the best. And they started to ask me the usual questions. We have a protocol for when someone has an altered level of consciousness, which is, what's your name? Do you know where you are? Do you know what the day of the week is? And who's the president? Right. And as they started in that routine, I said, boys, I know the answers to all of those questions. There's nothing wrong with me from the neck up, uh, I cannot move or feel anything from the neck down, and pardon me, but we are into some really bad shit here. Yeah. And I could tell by the looks on their faces that they concurred with my assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, within another few minutes, the team starts to show up. Uh, four other guys, uh, this was Rick, Eddie, uh, Alex, and Chuck, now, let me tell you a little bit about these guys and put this in context for you. Um, Eddie, Chuck, and Alex, Eddie was a minister of a major Christian church in Southern California. Oh. Uh, Alex were two of his deacons. Mm. And uh, they have, uh, you know, they do service every Sunday and, and testimonial meetings on Wednesdays. And, you know, he has a dial-in prayer service. And, you know, they're... They're literally reaching out to thousands and thousands of people all the time with prayer and healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other three guys also devout Christian men, deeply involved with their faith. Now, let me just interject and say that um, I don't identify as a member of any religion. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that however a person chooses to believe has validity. Uh, I grew up in a metaphysical tradition in Christian science and religious science, and I've explored every avenue that I can think of mm-hmm. from um, Western, medis- uh, Western religion to Eastern religion and philosophy uh, to meditation to mushrooms to 
uh, shamanic healing, etc. So my uh, my spiritual experience is fairly broad based, mm-hmm. and everything I had there on that day. Uh-huh. Uh, we reach a point in the scenario where it's time to turn me over on the, my back on the backboard and strap me down for the ride down the hill. And as the boys roll me over onto the backboard, this is uh, God's honest truth. The clouds overhead just parted, and a shaft of diagonal sunlight illuminated us at the scene. Mm. And right at this moment, the boys went off book. And when I say off book, I mean they did something that's not in our patrol manuals anywhere. Mm-hmm. I know. I've been back and checked every edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not. They put their hands on me and they prayed. Mm-hmm. And they prayed what has been adapted as my own healing prayer, which I use every time I work now. And it goes like this. Father, Mother, Divine Spirit, we join with you now in this moment of perfect healing. We ask for perfect healing for all who gather in your light, that this healing shall forever be a demonstration of your divine love, compassion, and will for us in our lives and in this world, and that we will forever be witnesses to that. We ask that our connection be clear so that whatever comes forward is shared, transmitted, or received shall be in service of the highest good. For this we give our love and thanks, and so it is. Amen. Mm -hmm. As the boys are praying, all my fear left me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the sensation that something truly extraordinary, maybe even miraculous, was taking place. That uh, this was part of a larger drama of which I was only playing a small part. Mm-hmm. But I came to understand that whatever that part was in that present here now, I was willing to play it no matter what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they strapped to the board, got me into the toboggan, got me down the hill where there's half the patrol now circled around the ambulance waiting for me to arrive. And, you know, I'm getting like the slow clap as they're loading me into the back of the ambulance. They could not fly me out of there, which would normally have been uh, our protocol for someone with the severity of injury that I had. Uh, so they took me on down to Big Bear Community Hospital where I stayed laying on a gurney for the next seven hours. Mm. Uh, I got the first news of my injury and the prognosis uh, from the ER doc there. Mm -hmm. Now, understand, we've got 8,500 people at Snow Summit, 8,500 people at Bear Mountain, our sister resort, on that day, 17,000 people on any given weekend or holiday day. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the doctor that's attending me is the doctor that sees all of the major trauma cases that come off of those mountains. He looks at me I know you're a patroller. I know I can be straight with you. I don't have to sugarcoat anything. He said, it is a coin flip. That's a medical term. It is a coin flip whether or not you'll ever be able to walk again. Mm -hmm. I looked at him secure in the knowledge that I was being cared for by someone senior to our local emergency room doctor. And I said, Doc, you have no idea who you're dealing with. (laughs) They... They loaded me into the ambulance after about seven hours and took me down to our major trauma center in Southern California, Loma Linda Hospital. Shout out to Loma Linda. I'm still here, guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got down there, the paramedics were unloading me from the hospital, from the uh, ambulance. Mm -hmm. And it was raining. The rain fell on my face and it just felt incredible. And I looked up at one of these guys and I said, it feels like I'm being baptized. Mm -hmm. He looks back at me kind of smiles and says, brother, I think you've already been baptized. 
So they took me upstairs and got me in the critical care unit. Now, Loma Linda is a pretty hardcore place. My roommates were uh, gang members and gunshot victims. Mm. And, um, you know, they got to be kind of my homeboys while I was there over the course of the next week. And while I was there, I had a steady parade of visitors, uh, mostly my crew from the Hill, um, you know, patrollers and instructors and managers and, you know, my, my peers from up there. Plus, of course, my family and loved ones and friends all came to see me. Mm-hmm. And I would watch them come in. And when they would come in, they'd come in with these looks of horror and trepidation on their face, like, oh, my God, the worst thing imaginable has happened to Doug. And, and then they would see me, and I was all lit up. And you know, I call it a, a combination of spiritual epiphany and morphine sulfate. <laughs> So they would come in, and I would tell them my little story of what had happened on the hill, of the miracle on the mountain, as it's come to be known. And I would see the change come over them, and they would begin to light up, and they begin to get a sense of the miracle that was taking place, and realize that I was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And so they came in with these looks of horror. They'd leave smiling and happy and, you know, laughing and scratching, so to speak, and, you know, realizing that something truly remarkable was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kept me there for about a week, as I said, in critical care. You know, they'd bring me meals that were covered with plastic containers and, you know, hard-boiled eggs and things like that that I couldn't even use my hands to eat. But uh, I found help and somehow found my way. And after about a week, the chief of neurosurgery and 15 of his residents all came in and formed a horseshoe around my bed. And the chief was there to break the news to me that he was recommending a three-level cervical spinal cord fusion to my neck Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, purportedly to take the pressure off my spine and speed my recovery. Mm -hmm. And I took a cinematic beat and looked at him and said, Doc, I got to tell you, if our positions were reversed, I'd be making the same call. And I know that, you know, your judgment is absolutely right on from what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I said, but something truly miraculous is happening, and I think I want to see how my recovery is going to pre- progress before I would allow you guys to cut me open and uh, staple my neck together in three places. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I, ju- I had just, you know, completely disrespected him. And the <laughs> residents around the head were kind of like all secretly smiling, like I just told the Oracle of Delphi to screw off. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, They finally all, you know, filed on out, and within the hour, a nurse showed up with a clipboard saying, okay, you know, if you're not going to consent to surgery, we need your bed, so which hospital do you want to go to? (laughs) I had to go at Gita, and so I'm not kidding. I spun my finger around in the air and landed on the page, and it came up Daniel Freeman Memorial Hospital in Inglewood, California. Now, I had no way of knowing this, but Daniel Freeman had the second best rated uh, spinal care unit in all of North America, second only to Johns Hopkins. Mm. And it was like this trauma center to my house. Another example of spirit lighting the way. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Freeman, through a howling rainstorm, about four and a half hours in the ambulance when they finally got me there, I was in a world of screaming hurt. Uh, I came in, they gave me the best room in the house, Nurse Gina came and gave me a pain shot, which made it all go away for a little while, and I began my rehabilitation. Mm, Wow. Now, um, I was at this point in what I refer to as a state of grace. Uh, 
Um, I'm getting stronger and better every day. Uh, on the second day, they did a squeeze test, and my grip on my right hand uh, was zero pounds. My grip on my left hand was minus two pounds. Squeezing um, <laughs> as hard as I can to the point where I broke a sweat, and I have no idea how you get a negative two, but that's what I got. Mm. Um, anyway, she proceeded to bring me a wheelchair, had a sticky wheel on the left, and it was a lot harder to push on the left side, keep it going in a straight line. But somehow I managed, and as soon as I realized I could get around, that's all I wanted to do. I was spinning laps around the nurse's station and down the halls, and, and I was pushing so hard that I actually blew out a lat muscle on my left side. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, screaming pain again. But now this is a pain I can actually identify with. This is like a sports injury. And I was like, yes, I've blown a muscle. Yeah, good for me. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm spending a lot of time praying and meditating during this time. And um, we had this amazing garden outside Daniel Freeman, about an acre of land, little kind of rolling lawns, and all underneath these incredible 100-year-old spreading banyan trees. Mm. And I was out there in the garden uh, one day, oh, I don't know, a week or so after my arrival, and I'm sitting with my friend Vicky. Now, Vicky is one of my oldest friends. We've known each other since we were teenagers. And her husband, Michael, who had also been one of my very good friends for 20 or 25 years, um, had died five years earlier from melanoma. Mm. Let me go on record as saying that is an aging bitch of a disease. Yeah. In the final year of Michael's life, their timeless love just devolved into a horror show of pain and anger and hostility and remorse and madness and chaos. And mm. Just every shade of negative human emotion you can imagine. And it tore them both apart, tore Vicky apart, tore Michael apart, destroyed their love, their marriage. Mm. I mean, just left them a wreck. And when Michael finally died, um, yeah, it was a tragedy. You know, one of my very best friends dying early in his 40s. Uh, but to some of us, uh, to all of us, it was actually kind of a great relief. Yeah, that happens with so, cancer sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it, it was really just as horrendous as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I was sitting with Vicky, telling her the story of what had happened on the hill, of a miracle that had taken place. And I said, um, there were six angels on that mountain. And I know that there are angels in this world, and some of them wear red jackets with white crosses on them. And now there are six of them that I know that I can name. And right at that moment, uh, I had the sensation that someone else had joined the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Vicky and said, Vicky, there's one more angel, and it's Michael, and he's here. Mm -hmm. For the next, oh, half an hour, it's always a half an hour, I don't know why, uh, I had the first ever experience of channeling a conversation with someone on the other side. Mm -hmm. And what they said to each other is not for anyone else but them, I mean, for their ears only, so to speak. But mm -hmm. what they got to do was they got to clear all of that pain and turmoil and, and sadness from the last year of their lives. They got to forgive themselves and forgive each other, and they got to say, I love you one more time. Mm -hmm. and I snapped out of it after about uh, half an hour, and like somebody had flipped a switch, like the lights coming on, and 
I looked at Vicky, and she's got makeup runs running down her face. And if I'd been wearing makeup, I'd have them too. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Do you know what just happened?" And I said, "I do, but I don't have any context for it. Nothing like this has ever happened before, so uh, I really don't know. I don't understand. But yes, I am conscious of what just happened." Mm-hmm. So we she goes on her way, and I go back up to my room, and it's after dark. I'm getting ready to go to bed, and. Michael shows up in my room, mm-hmm. uh, not an apparition like I'd seen my dad on the hill, but just that same energy that was present in the garden. Mm-hmm. And he tells me something very specific to tell his wife. And it's so specific, in fact, I think maybe I'm just crazy, which uh, is a possibility on any given day. <laughs> um, um, so I held on to it, didn't call her right away, didn't call her all the next day, had a busy day in rehab. And, just before I got to bed the next night, I picked up the phone, called Vicky. She gets right on. I said, Vicky, Michael showed up again in my room last night, and he wants me to tell you something. She goes, yeah, what is it? I said, he wants me to tell you to reread the letter that he wrote you when the two of you first found out that he was terminal, mm-hmm. the one you keep in the box under the bed. Well, she just absolutely lost it on the phone. She goes, oh, my God, I know exactly the letter that you mean. I haven't been able to read that letter for years. But after what happened in the garden yesterday, I came home, and the first thing that I did was take out that box from under the bed, open it up, and pull that letter out and read it again for the very first time. Wow, wow. Well, what a miracle. Yeah, that's amazing. So, it's just a, another another little uh, kind of milestone on this path. Yeah. Uh, it's actually like like the universe uh, speaking to me and saying, just in case you think any of this is a coincidence, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. Uh, 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 yeah. So I did. Um, next day I'm out in the garden again, and the the rain is cleared. And it's a bright, you know, crystal clear sunny day like it only is after the rain in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting in my wheelchair with the light streaming through the banyan trees. And I held up my hands to the light, you know, backlit dramatically. Mm -hmm. And I say, if it's possible for a group of guys to show up on a mountain and uh, transmit this kind of healing energy to me, why couldn't I do that for someone else? And the voice in the garden that I'd grown to love answered and said, what makes you think you can? Amen. <laughs> That's amazing. So, Doug, we're going to take a break and stop there, and uh, we'll come back and take a segue, and then we're going to find out about your RAM healing technique and how that... I'll, I'll share with you how it started with the first uh, hands-on healing, yeah. and then I'll tell you all about the techniques and methods. Sounds great. Okay, we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve.
Hi, welcome back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney. The show is Evolve, and my special guest today is Doug Hayes. Uh, Doug has a master's degree in spiritual psychology, and he is also the developer of the RAM healing technique, Radiance Aesthesia Method. Is that Aesthesia, yeah. Aesthesia Method. Aesthesia Method. Okay. And um, he just has described to us a miraculous healing that he went through and that he began to uh, go through with friends. And uh, we're going to now come back to Doug. And I just have to ask you, so how did this evolve? (laughs) Tell me about how the RAM technique evolved. Well, um, yeah, it actually, uh, right after this episode in the garden where the voice popped through and said, what makes you think you can, uh, I spun around in my wheelchair, headed back upstairs, I'm getting off the elevator, and there's my friend Pat sitting on her little uh, rascal scooter. She was there for pain management. Now picture Pat. She is a 300-pound black Baptist woman, (laughs) and she's just this amazing gravitational force, this earth mother presence. And when I first got into Daniel Freeman, uh, she was one of the first people I shared my story with. And she just, you know, open mouth, agape, uh, rapt attention. And when I finished the story, she just threw her arms around me and started praying. And that was the note our friendship started on. And here I am coming off the elevator in my wheelchair, and there's Pat. And I look at her, and I say, Pat, come on, I need a witness. And we, two of us wheel into Macy's room. All right, let me uh, tell you about Macy. Mm-hmm. Macy is an 85-year-old black woman, uh, of, also of deep faith. Uh, and she is there. She's been in the program now for about three months. She cannot walk. Uh, she can't sleep. She's got bed sores up and down her body. Uh, She won't eat. She's tiny. She's a tiny woman. Mm. And uh, her room is a double room. The front of the room is always dark. Mm. And there is always this little light source from the bed stand uh, lamp next to her bed. You know, and Macy's back there shriveled under the white sheets, kind of like a raisin on a marshmallow. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, Pat and I come in and we wheel up on either side of her bed and uh, Macy and I have gotten to be friends as I was on my rounds I used to go around to the spinal unit and to the stroke unit next door and share the story and and share you know the other patient stories with them and and just share this little miracle of healing and inspire some hope that you know maybe they can recover or heal better than they possibly imagine mm-hmm. and um so that's when we've gotten to be friends with Macy. She, she shared with me that when she first started work, working for 50 cents a day, she always felt like a second-class citizen and that nobody ever really cared about her. Uh, none of her family ever came to see her. She would keep the nurses running all night with her some suffering and her complaints. And, and they, she was just at the point in the program where they were actually getting ready to flush her out of the program and send her off to a, a facility or God's waiting room, as we used to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, there we are on either side of her bed, and I looked at her and I said, Macy, I've been out in the garden again. I shared with her about the garden. I said, and God told me he was going to allow me to heal people by putting my hands on them. And she looks at me with those big, beautiful, soulful brown eyes and says, oh, will you put your hands on me, please? Mm. And I said, well, that's what we're here for, Macy. 
before I know it, we're rolling up our nightgown. I'm like, whoa, let's not roll that up too far. I don't want to put my hands on too much. And Pat cracks up and Macy cracks up and so do I. And we go to work. And again, it's probably about a half an hour. I don't know why these episodes always take about a half an hour, but uh, I just had no technique or training whatsoever. This was my first time doing this sort of thing. And uh, so I just went with what the boys on the mountain had done for me and went with that same healing prayer and then just improvised from there. I'm generally pretty good with words. And so I just started riffing on that theme. And meanwhile, Pat is doing her thing. I mean, nobody can pray like a 300-pound black Baptist woman. <laughs> she is a professional and a choir singer. And she is just filling the air with, with you know, shouts of joy and celebration and, and devotion and and we're just filling the room with this beautiful, moving, powerful, energetic, uh, musical, rhythmic uh, prayer. And, and it's, it's absolutely the most moving, one of the most moving experiences I've ever had in my life. And after about a half an hour of this, uh, somebody flips the switch and I come back up into the room in real time. And I'm sitting there with a couple of little old ladies. And uh, I said, girls, it's been amazing, but I got to go to bed. And so I wheeled out of the room, back to my room, and climbed into my bed and fell asleep dead away, right away. Woke up the next morning about 8.30, went to physical therapy, come out of physical therapy, and there's Pat sitting on her scooter. And we sort of wheel up together, huddled up, and we're kind of debriefing about what happened last night. You know, what happened? Did you, you ever hear anything more? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, we hear this little high-pitched voice. And it's Macy, and she says, there he is. <laughs> and we both turn, you know, again, that cinematic double take. And here comes Macy walking down the hall unaided with her physical therapist next to her, who's just, you know, got this look of total astonishment on his face. Like, what happened? What did you say? What did you do? Uh -huh. And she says, there he is. The power of Christ done come through Doug. Uh -huh. And I can walk again today. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, if you don't think those are words that will change your life, you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. uh, and her physical therapist, meanwhile, is like, oh, my God, I'm just glad I came to work today. This is what I live for to, you know, help and maybe see somebody get better. But this is uh, this is beyond anything I've ever experienced in my whole career. Mm -hmm. And anyway, long story short, um, Macy continued to improve dramatically. I also continue to improve dramatically. And on the very same day that I was released from the hospital to go home, a Macy who had been scheduled for a facility was also released from the hospital to go home. Oh, wow. Wow. How oh, great. No kidding. Wow. So uh, this began quite a process of study and exploration for me, as you mentioned. Uh, I did go back to school uh, in my 50s. I uh, started off at UCLA where I had put in about a year when I was 17 before I decided that girls and skiing were more important to me. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I came back as a first quarter sophomore to UCLA in my early 50s. Um, and my son was also a student there, and we were both psych majors. Um, and um, I began to study. And at the same time, you know, I was working with my own healing and my own recovery. And started to um, hang around uh, truly masters in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Bao Lin Wu in Los Angeles, who is, are you ready? 
the 17th generation linear master of the Dragon's Gate school of complete reality Taoism. <laughs> that's quite a text. Translate, translate that as he's the real deal. Yeah. Um, I also worked with Dr. Cam Ewan, uh, who is well-known, very famous, internationally famous healer uh, who travels the world um, uh, teaching uh, workshops on instant healing. And mm. the benefit that I got from him was absolutely magnificent, uh, beyond anything I can even describe. Mm. And it truly opened my eyes to what's possible in this area of work. Mm. Uh, and there were several other teachers as well. Um, I worked in Kung Fu, uh, where I have a uh, black belt, excuse me, a red belt, mm. um, my son is a black belt, so excuse my gaffe. Uh, he is technically my senior, so i got to bow to him first. Uh, and then um, worked with Qigong uh, and breathwork masters like Michael Brian Baker and James Beard, two widely traveled masters in the field who have also uh, just been transformational in my experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and I began to achieve monumental benefit from all of these techniques. So... What I have done is created a synthesis, which is known as RAM healing, uh, R-A-M, radiance esthesia method, which also invokes the name of RAM, uh, the divine protector and um, uh, avatar of Vishnu. Right. Um, and also one of my personal patron saints, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I began to develop, and I started working with uh, many of my close friends and family, family members are extremely to challenge, challenging to work with at first. I don't recommend it to people that are first starting out because they have already got all your story and all the dirt on you. So mm. um, it's actually better to work with someone that you don't know. And particularly if it's someone that is um, either working in the field or a peer, someone who, you know, that you can trade with and practice with. Um and so I began to, to work, you know, with people close to me. And then before long, I got into spiritual psychology at USM, where I had 285 classmates, all of whom were right on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I began a cycle for two years of uh, going to class on our, our class weekends and spending my breaks and my lunch hours um, working with my classmates mm -hmm. uh, in a healing context. And I did several hundred sessions and was referred by them to family members and friends. Mm -hmm. So over the course of that first couple of years, I did several hundred sessions mm -hmm. and really began to refine my approach and refine my technique. Uh -huh. um, very simply, uh, and this stuff is very simple, uh, as, I'm, as I know you're aware. Right. Uh, it is not easy, and it does take time to learn and master uh, Dr. Ewan I'm, uh, has one of my favorite quotes of all time on this subject. Uh, he says, when we first start doing this work, we do a lot to achieve minimal results. Right. As we progress, we begin to do less and less to achieve more and more. Mm -hmm. Finally, as we become masters, we achieve our most dramatic results by doing nothing Right. I love that quote. Now, that is truly extraordinary and, and very spot on. That is absolutely the truth. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I'll get a call from a client saying, oh, you know, I've got this or that going on, and can we please schedule a session, and we'll do that. And then by the time we actually get together for the session, uh, whatever it is they call me about is already clear. 
Right. Uh, so it's like, all right, well, let's go to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, uh, very often, I think the presence, the power becomes your presence as a as a light being, you know, that's bringing in this radiant energy, don't you think? I mean, that's, that's why what we do doesn't become as important as is our presence and and what i find true and i'm sure you do too is that their presence with their issues is the most profound healing like if they're tuned in so i'm always working to empower people as i as i hear that you are too so that's pretty exciting that's that's totally that is totally my mo Mm -hmm. Uh, i often say that my objective in the healing arts uh, is to render myself um, useless. I mean, to render, you know, yeah. to, the words that it, it's not really me. One of the things I'm fond of saying is, spirit does the work. We just show up for the meeting. Mm-hmm. And when when the client shows up with their willingness and their heart open and their uh, receptivity engaged and their connection to spirit turned on, right. uh, extraordinary things happen. That's right. It's again. It's not me. I mean, I just I do my best to disappear. Uh huh. Um, and so, generally speaking, um, I'll describe a session with you. Um, mm-hmm. We begin by establishing a conscious breathing pattern. Um, there are several of these, and conscious breathing is incredibly important, as you know. Mm-hmm. Breath is the portal to the infinite. Right. And. Uh, and when and most of our breathing, you know, we breathe a million times in seven weeks. We breathe twelve to twenty thousand times a day. People are often staggered by that number. And the vast majority of those breaths go completely under our radar. I mean, we have no consciousness of them at all. Mm-hmm. So the first trick to flipping the switch, as I call it, is conscious breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of patterns which are. Uh, delineated in my book, The Touch, Healing Miracles and Methods from Findhorn Press, um, mm-hmm. which detail exactly the, the purpose for each one of the different patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, is spinal breathing, uh, which is really good for grounding and centering, where you breathe in down the spine and release up and out the top of the head. Um, there's the macrocosmic orbit, which is where you start at the nose, uh, breathe in over the over the crown and down the spine, and then exhale up the front of the body, and so you get this sort of reverse circle uh, breath, which you can then illuminate with a light, and you choose the color of the light in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody's ever made a mistake choosing their light color. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reverse pattern of that I call forward circle breathing. Again, starts at the nose, travels down the front of the body to the base of the spine, releases up the spine and over the crown, and there it joins the next breath coming in. And it's really a continuous turning, forward turning circle of breath. Uh, There's no pause between the breaths. Um, It's just literally one continuous breath. Mm -hmm. And and then the other one, which is really, really good, and this, that particular pattern, is very good for people that are undergoing a period of a profound personal change, mm-hmm. and it and it transforms their change uh, into a forward-moving, positive direction, and that's the metaphor of that particular breath. Mm-hmm. And then the one that I also like for the 
overactive Western monkey mind, as it's called, uh, <laughs> single-pointed breathing or one-pointed breathing, where the focus is just at that point where the breath enters and leaves the body at the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is particularly useful for, you know, ADD, PTSD, people that have trouble concentrating or, you know, excessive worry, anxiety, anything like that, because it just brings the person's mind into sharp, one-pointed focus. Mm -hmm. It's also extremely challenging and difficult the first time out with people. I will usually go with spinal breathing if it's the first time I've worked with someone because that's something that really get their arms around. Um, Then we will take, I'll take them, uh, uh, we will invoke spirit and we use my healing prayer, a version of the same one that the guys prayed over me on the mountain. Uh Um, Then we'll go into chakra activation and elimination. And that's literally just moving up the chakras from the root to the crown uh, and illuminating each one with uh, the light that is specific to that chakra. Mm -hmm. Red for the root, orange for the second chakra, yellow for the solar plexus, uh, green for the heart, uh, turquoise for the throat, the emotional communication center, uh, indigo for the psychic intuitive center at the third eye, um, and purple at the crown, mm-hmm. which is the color of spiritual, or if you will, Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we will connect that person, heaven and earth, through their bodies, uh, through a rainbow-colored light, which descends directly from their personal star, travels all the way down the column of light through their bodies, and then down the root system into the earth, all the way to the center of the earth, the purpose to connect them, body and soul, to both heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, By this time, the person and I uh, are both in a complete trance state. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, now at this point, uh, I will begin to scan their bodies from the top down. The crown, the brain hemispheres, the third eye, the brain stem, the spinal cord, uh, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, uh, the solar plexus, the power center of the body, mm-hmm. the um, uh, digestive organs, the body core, the sexual reproductive or sacral center at the second chakra, and the roots, and then down through the arms and hands and the legs and feet. Mm-hmm. And what we're looking for is any energetic obstruction at all, anywhere the light is having trouble going. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will simply work with the light in that area until it switches on clear and bright and radiant. Um, And then we move on. And we don't question or analyze what's happening. We simply do the work in each area of obstruction and allow those uh, impediments to simply clear from the body or from Mm -hmm. the different levels of experience. Mm -hmm. And this particular technique will take us through the other levels of experience as well, not just the physical, which is usually why a person shows up. I mean, they've got a physical complaint. Right. But those complaints are all interconnected and lodged in the mind, in the spirit, in the emotions, in the familial uh, connections, in the ancestral connections. Right. Uh, there are obviously a number of levels, and you know, actually many of them, uh, which I won't necessarily get into, but this will also take us into subcellular construction, where we work with the nutrient systems of the body, Mm -hmm. the waste elimination systems of the body, the lymphatics, and 
and we clear each one of those areas in the same way, simply mm -hmm. with the rainbow-colored light until it becomes powerful and radiant. Mm -hmm. uh, then I will work with a, a um, technique which is called bright water. Now, bright water is named after my own personal spirit guide, bright water. Uh, props to bright water. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. uh, he's actually running the show. I'm just running off at the mouth. Um, and um, bright water is done by transforming my own energy into the energy of water and sending it cascading down through the client. And again, in this very subjective, non-linear sort of way, um, I will examine where the water is going easily and smoothly and where it is running into obstructions. Mm -hmm. uh, when it hits those places, again, I will just do my work until the water flows freely again. Mm. And it's simple, elegant, and even people that are being exposed to this area of work for the first time in their lives can relate to it. They yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, that, that method is done uh, both with me transforming energy and sending it cascading through the person and then the, in the reverse direction drawing that energy into myself and working with my own systems in the same way mm -hmm. if there are any obstructions that might be present mm -hmm. uh, the downward flowing water method is especially good for people that are experiencing psychological or emotional issues or familial ancestral issues. Mm -hmm. uh, reverse version of that technique is especially good with people that are experiencing profound physical issues. Um, um, I'm feeling the clock ticking right now. Yeah, yeah. I want to take a break and come back, but I'm fascinated by this bright water technique because it sounds like you're using the four elements, which is more like a shamanic practice and. Well, uh, shamanism has definitely played a part in my schooling. Yeah. Uh, in chapter 16 in the book, that'll rattle your cage a bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we're going to come back. Uh, Doug Hayes, we've been speaking with Doug Hayes. He's the author of The Touch, Healing Miracles and Methods. And he has created the, the ROM Healing Method, which we've been talking about. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Robin White Turtle listening. And the show is Evolve. Hi, this is your host for Evolve, Robin Whiteturtle Listney. And I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone. And I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California. So you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition... I have uh, five books. Uh, four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my recent, more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, uh, teach people self-love, and this is the foundation of my practice, that love does heal all things. You can find out more uh, about my work on my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, and uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Evolve. Nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, 
Robin White Turtle Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney, and the show is Evolve. And I'm with Doug Hayes, who wrote the book, The Touch, Healing Miracles and Methods. And he's gotten all kinds of wonderful endorsements, including Larry Dossie and Marianne Williamson. Uh, the Touch is a healing guide and a teaching guide. And he's just developed the RAM healing technique, or the ROM healing technique, and uh, he uses it, he just described it in the last segment, and we're back to talk a little bit more about it in depth, especially about the shamanistic aspects of what you're doing, because you just described this uh, healing water, flowing water, beautiful, clear water. I mean, I do the same thing, which is so exciting. Exciting to me, and I yeah, do. I know, and I'm always amazed uh, by how that particular technique touches people, and by how completely it resonates with them. Right. Um, right. So uh, I'll do a few minutes on the, the shamanism as well, because I do right. want to talk about what this all means and where it's all going in terms of our humanity, in terms of our world, yeah. and that relates directly to the sort of shamanistic uh, uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, in shamanism, uh, which I do have quite a bit of experience with, I've worked with a number of shamans, uh, Peruvian, Amazonian, as well as Native American, mm-hmm. and uh, have done the Swetbet Lodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have uh, three of my own spirit animals. I will acknowledge them now, the jaguar, the monkey, and the hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, myself, uh, as you'll read in Chapter 16, am a fire monkey. Uh, for, for cleverness and mm-hmm. quick-wittedness mm-hmm. and inventiveness and creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal um, uh, dominant spirit animal is the jaguar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jaguar is silence and strength uh, and complete self-reliance, and that's the self with a capital S. Mm-hmm. Uh, stand in your silence, do not run. Mm-hmm. And that's the message of the jaguar. Uh, In shamanism, uh, yes, we work with all of the elements, uh, the, you know, fire, wind, water, uh, air, and earth, uh, well, air and wind being essentially the same thing, and earth, uh, and also the plant and animal kingdoms, Mm -hmm. and each plant that lives, everything that is alive on this planet has its own energy field and its own communication. Um, as well as the animal kingdom as well. I mean, mm-hmm. when we do uh, shamanistic healing ceremonies, we will, in the early part of the ceremony, evoke uh, the name, the uh, spirits of the animals. Mm-hmm. And we'll go around the circle um, chanting and singing uh, ikaros, traditional ikaros from the Amazon, in which uh, we're literally calling in the various animals. And each person will offer yet another animal, either their spirit animal or one that they're presently feeling a connection to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, by the time we get around this, the circle, of course, you know, the eagle and the wolf and the whale and the bear and, and the condor and, you know, all of the, the ones that you might expect, 
but you know, we'll have the bunnies and the chickens as well by the time we make it around the circle. Um, and so each person is connecting with that life force within themselves that unites all of us. Yeah. Um, and the same is true with the plant uh, elements as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the plants on this planet are the great teachers. And I just want to send some awareness out to the Amazon mm -hmm. and to what we refer to as the lungs of our planet. Mm -hmm. This is where the very oxygen that we breathe, the very oxygen that Christ breathed, is manufactured. Uh, there are more species in one square mile of the Amazon than uh, in all of North America combined. Wow. And we are systematically and have been systematically destroying over 70% of the rainforest, mm -hmm. with millions of acres being clear-cut every day uh, to create essentially grain farms for cattle feed. And so thank you, McDonald's and Burger King. Right, right. Uh, and again, you know, when we begin to clear our bodies, we begin to recognize the importance of self-care and of nutrition particularly. Mm -hmm. And so those of our listeners that uh, are fond of the, you know, late night uh, sojourn to uh, McDonald's or the local Tasty Freeze, uh, remember that you are what you eat and that your conscious, consciousness is directly related to what you're putting into your bodies. This involves the food that we eat, the things that we drink, alcohol, any substance abuse issues, or uh, anything like that. This work, by the way, is extremely effective in clearing those areas of our lives and opening us up to a more conscious way of life, a more conscious channeling of the energies that we live in. We are not just our bodies. We are not just our point of view. We are the totality of, of our experience. Absolutely. And all we have to do is op open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts, and uh, and let it in. Right. Uh, let us let us be who we truly are. Right. Um, the other thing that is uh, um, a huge presence in uh, shamanic work is the presence of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And we always... And, and invoke both the male and the female ancestors in our lineage. I am one-eighth Cherokee Native American. Mm -hmm. And so the sweat lodge and the associated uh, ceremonies that go with that type of work uh, have been a very, very prevalent awakening method for me in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I have conversed with my ancestors. I have been guided by them. Mm -hmm. I have been shown the path. I have all, always been shown the path, even when I thought I was lost. You know, it's said that you can be a hundred miles lost in the woods, and when you're a hundred yards from being in the light out of the woods, it's still going to look like you're lost. Mm -hmm. So just hold on and keep walking the path. Keep one foot in front of the other. I promise you, spirit is guiding your steps. I promise you, you will find your way to the light. Mm -hmm. The quickest and most effective way that I know is to do this work, right. to maintain a spiritual practice. And that gets to be a challenge for everyone, for me especially, with my varied interests and, you know, my love of, uh, you know, the outdoors and running and playing and swimming and skiing and climbing and all of that. But in a very real way, the natural world is my temple. It's right. my playground. It's mm -hmm. where I live and where I love and where I worship. And so I thank God for the mountains and the trees and the rivers and the oceans and the plants and the animals 
everything that is alive on this planet. That's what energizes me. That's what gives us all of our lives. Let's just remember for a moment who we truly are. Right, right. And so that takes us to the next, the next level, which is what happens next? Um, here we are doing all of this amazing spiritual work and clearing and, and consciousness work and reconnecting with ourselves and with our families and our loved ones and our ancestors and, and the natural world around us. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what it means is that we are living in a time of divine opportunity. All of this turmoil and madness that we see, all of this violence and mayhem that's being perpetrated by by human upon human uh, and the, the tremendous abuse that's uh, um, that's heaped upon uh, our animal brothers and sisters. Um, this is um, this is a great shakeup. Right. This is a great awakening. This is a great cleansing and purging of our bodies and our minds and our spirits for what lies ahead. And make no mistake, what lies ahead is more challenging than anything we've ever experienced up until now. Mm -hmm. Those of us that are tuned in on this wavelength are aware that we are being trained to be the catalysts, to be the guides for the path for what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, You would have to be asleep not to notice that we are in the grip of a great cataclysm here on Earth. That we are in the midst of a mass extinction event. That the population of both the human race, while it tends to be exploding on the physical level, being pared down on the spiritual level, is being brought into focus. Uh, and, and in terms of what's happening in the rest of the world, both in the plant kingdom and both the, the animal kingdom, we are in the most significant extinction event since the dinosaurs. I agree. Um, and I think it, Earth. It, it, something is emerging here in our consciousness, too, that I think is really profound and startling. And, and it has to do with just what we've been talking about, uh, which is that we have the capability of healing not only ourselves but each other if we can tap Absolutely. into that current. You know, that's, that's the key right there. Yeah. That's, that is the center of my message that's the take-home message from everything that we're talking about here today. Mm-hmm. It's on us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and we possess within ourselves a wellspring of healing, um, which we never give ourselves credit for. We don't recognize the spiritual beings that we are. That's mm-hmm. what Eckhart Tolle has said, which really resonates with me, mm-hmm. is that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. I uh, totally and, uh, and so our teachings, our learnings, our growth, our healing, this is a divine opportunity for our evolution as human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. We are the face of what's to come. As mathematical co- cosmologist Brian Swinton articulates, 14 billion years of evolution, and we are the latest model. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Brian Swim is one of my teachers, so I, I studied yeah. with well, him. I'm, I'm a devotee, if I can, if I can use that word. Uh, the universe is a green dragon. Yeah, right, right. That's exactly what that means from my shamanic experiences. And yes, the universe is a green dragon. <laughs> How can a place be both infinite and expanding at the same time? Yeah. If 
if it's expanding and infinite, what is it expanding into? Uh, Stephen Hawking postulates a minimum of 12 dimensions, possibly as many as 21. Huh. Um, I don't know about you, but I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> uh, but the mathematics for these relationships exists. We're just right. finding them out. Right. Theoretical physics is getting the way. We've just found out uh, that particles can communicate with each other across in, uh, infinite spans of space-time uh, instantaneously in the exact same present moment, which mm -hmm. makes the speed of light, which has governed uh, all of uh, physics since Einstein and before, uh, uh, is like snail mail in the age of information. Right. Uh, and that's why these techniques also work by remote and at a distance. Some of the mm -hmm. most successful encounters I've ever had with clients are with clients that I've never met halfway across the world. Right. And things will clear up with them uh, in an instant that have dogged them for decades. Right. Um, I'm always blown away, uh, never bored, always amazed, uh, and always inspired to continue even further down this path. Yeah. We are way further down the wormhole than we think we are. Yes. And where it's going is a place of radiant light and beauty beyond anything that we can imagine. I couldn't agree with um, you more because I feel like uh, part of what we're doing as energetic healers and as people who are kind of breaking through in these methods is that we're really laying the groundwork for the next millennia. And it, yes. we're just the very first... Um, not that we haven't had others come before us, but we are laying, literally laying out the groundwork for the future. And uh, this Absolutely. this healing that you're doing, that I do, that others do, I think is just so profoundly part of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I and I fully, fully agree. Um, the important thing to remember, you know, when we use the term energy healing, some people respond to that word like it's, oh, that's just one of those airy-fairy new age people. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, this, you know, my knowledge, my practice comes from personal experience. Right. It comes from personal experience in my body mm -hmm. and in my heart and soul and mind. I have cleared things. I was paralyzed from the neck down, people, mm -hmm. okay? I walk around and do triathlons and ride my bike a hundred miles and ski like a little prince and you know I paddle whitewater. I've taken a kayak off of waterfalls. Um, the sky is the limit with this work. This work is real. It yeah. is the real thing. Yeah. And if you haven't awakened to that, I hardly suggest you wake up right here, right now. Leave your thoughts, your considerations, your religious background. You know, if you're uh, uh, recovered uh, anything uh, of any religion, uh, wake up. The time is now, and we are the ones. We are the spiritual beings guiding the evolution here on Earth. I totally, and we, yeah. as we are guiding here, we too are being guided. Mm -hmm. We are surrounded all the time by non-physical beings who are watching out for us, protecting us, loving mm -hmm. us, understanding mm -hmm. us healing us, showing us the way. Mm -hmm. This is a much more beautiful universe to live in than one that says, I can't because I'm too damn small. That's right. That's so true. And I am so grateful for our interview, Doug, and I so appreciate it. I wanted to let people know that you're going to be uh, at East West Bookshop in Mountain View on Friday, October 21st. 
and you're going to be presenting Awaken Your Inner Healer. Uh, it's a free talk, but people have to call to reserve a seat at 7.30 uh, next Friday night. And that you're right. also going to be doing a workshop next Saturday. Is that right? Yes, I'll be doing the full day Awaken Your Inner Healer workshop where we combine all of these modalities. We use music and harmonic resonance healing, uh, all of the techniques I've described with the breathing and the qigong and chakra activation and intuitive scanning and bright water. Uh, bright water will definitely be in the house. Uh -huh. uh, and so if you're within hearing distance, get yourselves to Mountain View next weekend. We're going to have a rock and roll time. It'll be great. Uh, It'll be great. Well, with your permission, I would like yeah. to close with a healing prayer. Absolutely. Please do. Mm -hmm. And this, again, uh, goes out to the, the gentleman on Ski Patrol uh, that said a version of these words over me and started this whole journey for me. Uh, let us pray. Mm -hmm. Father, Mother, Divine Spirit, we join with you now in this moment of perfect healing. We ask for perfect healing for all who gather in your light, that this healing shall forever be a demonstration of your love, compassion, and will for us in our lives and in this world, and that we will forever be witnesses to that. We ask that our connection once again be clear so that whatever has come forward, has been shared, transmitted, or received, shall be in service of the highest good. For this, we give our love and our thanks. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you. Well, thank you, Doug. And Amen. if people want Good. more more information about you, uh, especially about this workshop, they can contact eastwest.com uh, and look under events. And I look forward to uh, meeting you next week. And uh, I give thanks for this interview because I think it is really uh, will wake some people up, and I, I look forward to that. Right. <laughs> Me too. We can also mention, uh, you can reach me directly. Um, I do answer calls 24-7. I get back to emails virtually immediately. And my website is www.doughayshealing. That's spelled H-E-Y-E-S dot com. www.doughayshealing dot com. Okay. And with that little plug, uh, thank you so much, Robin, and mm -hmm. namaste. Namaste. Thank you. This is Robin, my turtle listening, and the show is Evolve. And we've been speaking with Doug Hayes, healer, author, and he's going to be here next week at East West Bookshop. And thanks again, Doug. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m.